Your style is unorthodox. But effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Black, black, black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. Hi, this is Regine Al Sawyer, owner, writer, creator of Lock It Down Productions and the coordinator founder of the Women in Comics Collective International. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. All right, uh, one, two, one, two. Hello, hello, what's going on, everyone? This is Marcus Kwame, and we are back for another Black Comics chat, you know, um, pre-recorded, but still still live, though. I'm, I'm gonna, still I'm, live. I, exactly, I'm just going to put it out there. Um, but definitely, man, um, it's, I don't even know how many times, but um, our guests tonight are definitely super guests. You know, we we love Aww. to speak to them, and they've <laughs> they've been on the show multiple times, I think at least at least three, if not four. Yeah, I um, think so. Yeah, so, and I'm sure you probably recognize their voices, and um, we're here to talk all about the awesome things they do, and, and, and just them, but um, we're here most specifically to speak about their, their great Kickstarter, which you'll be hearing a lot about, but first off, I'm going to introduce the members of the crew who are here, um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Leo, most likely later on, will be sliding in Broadman style. And uh, possibly Grace. Uh, she's she's out doing you know fantastic things at the moment, but she is going to try to slide into the call later. Um, but right now, holding it down for the Black Comics Chat crew, we've got myself and of course the international. Well, I kind of I kind of I kind of uh, mashed them up a little bit, but we got yeah. yeah you know though, okay. you are you are the international uh, undercover Sith Lord as well. That's right. That's you true. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm gonna add the international there, man. I mean, where, wherever you go, you're you're the undercover Sith Lord. Well, it sounds official when you say international. Exactly. And also, since since I I've changed my location to the Blue Czech Republic, technically. Right. right. <laughs> oh, I was gonna do the full thing. So I mean, you know, oh, 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 hailing sound- all the way from the Blue Czech Republic, <laughs> we got my man Tony Snark in the house. What is up, y'all? I am I am terribly terribly excited about this. I mean, um, our guests have been they 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 run the gamut of of many successful kickstarters. Uh, I even ran into them one year uh, at New York Comic Con. We hung out, so I'm excited. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're really hyped to be here too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm I'm Alan from uh, Team Kamikaze. Yes. I'm uh, I'm Carrie from Team Kamikaze, and I am Havana Wynn from Team Kamikaze. Ooh. And there you have it, Team Kamikaze. I, I <laughs> you know, I always say that I've I've been I've been your fan since day one. Oh, because I think so. Yeah, man. This goes How back did you find to... out about us? I, do you remember? It was it was it's the the, the Facebook group, CNOC. 
Oh yeah. Was that. it was it because of Buttergate? Oh, Buttergate. <laughs> I don't even know about Buttergate. What's <laughs> I'm not touching that one. I'm not touching that one. Yeah. Well, I, wait, well, I, don't, I don't know how you can put something like day. that on the table and not, uh, you know. No, I think, it's, I think it's better if you leave it on the table. Just leave it there. Let just, leave it there. just leave yeah. it there. People yeah. can ask what the hell Buttergate is. We're just going to leave it right there. Right, yes. <laughs> oh For goodness. just... No, 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 no. Just a little background is that... Um, there was a thing, uh, and CNOC, for anybody who isn't aware of it, it's a Facebook group that's all about comic nerds of color, and there was some bizarre thread called that we called Buttergate, or was <laughs> deemed Buttergate afterwards, where I came in and I was, like, talking to this artist, and they were all like, oh, well, whatever, what are you doing with your life? And then I posted Kamikaze, and uh, then it was sort of like that gif of that one kid who's like got his hands on his face and everybody going, Oh, around him. <laughs> uh, so I think this is the first time I posted anything about Kamikaze and Sinok. Shut the hell. He shut up real quick. Yeah, he did. He shut oh. up hella quick. <laughs> how many, how many years have you been doing this? Let's let, if we're going to really go back to the beginning, how yeah. many years have you been doing this? So the comic we've been doing for about five years. We, we just passed our five-year mark on the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamikaze as a concept started off uh, as an idea for an animated series. Right. Uh, and that was, if we're being honest with ourselves, we Carrie and I probably started working on that 2006-ish. Wow. At, um, we didn't really start really taking it seriously as a, a concept to develop out and start to pitch around and then brought, brought on Havana. And then that was like 2011, 2012. So, um, like, the, the, the project is old enough to have a 2009, 2019 mm. uh, meme <laughs> image. Wow. Did you, have you guys, uh, you know, put up one of those images? Yeah, I did. <laughs> cool. I, I, I have been sailing the high seas of the hashtags all the last two weeks. Yeah. It's actually a really good drawing. Like, I mean, for a lot of our older work, what I love about the really, really, what I call kind of Marcasia's baby pictures that we were drawing is that we were, we're animators. We don't draw pretty. Uh, we draw fast and we draw loose and we just try to get that movement down. That's that's our whole point. Um, but that's what we have cleanup artists for because they turn our wild scribbles into something cohesive. Thank, um, thank you, Havana. Thank you, Havana. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, what I really like about those those first couple stabs that we have at the artwork from that time period was that it was just so how do, it, there, there's just a lot of life in them and to see that kind of life just coming into fruition in a way um, and then seeing kind of what through Havana's uh, practice hand what it's grown up into being is a really interesting transformation so Yes, yeah, um, when Alan posted the uh, 2009 versus 2019 um, picture of like the old uh, initial sketches of Marcasia and uh, what she's now, um, like I was commenting on how, you know, when I first met the Tuppers, we met at a Starbucks through um, a mutual friend and mentor of ours, and he like I I just fell in love with Marcasia's design. Um, and it was just 
like she just something about her just really um, I don't know I just loved her design and I wanted I think that's when like I kind of fell in love with the concept and um, what kind of persuaded me to get these guys a chance (laughs) (laughs) so Havana just a quick question because I'm that kind of person like you'd said that it was like the design about it what was it that outside of just loving it like what drew you to it um, I just like the way, like, just her hair is just so unique. Like, mm-hmm. it's very graphic. It's very um, striking to the eye. I love that um, she just seems so fluid. Um, I don't know. She just looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And also, I mean, I, I mean, we've already talked about this in the past, but, like, uh, I grew up in good old Georgian suburbs. <laughs> so, um it was kind of also refreshing to see uh, a character of color mm. uh, being created and worked on by um, white people. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, huh. That's real. That's real. <laughs> yes. I was like, that might, I mean, honestly, Carrie, <laughs> that's the truth. Like, my first um, reaction was like, huh. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> It's like this is different. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's definitely one of the things that uh, I, I will say is something we do get a lot. Like, there's been people who come up to our booths and see Alan and me and are like, "You're not, you're white though." <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. It's a natural reaction. But oh, okay, I didn't know that was the case with you though. So. Well, you, you're 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 both uh, thought thought leaders. You know what I mean? Like setting a good example. <laughs> We're trying. We don't want to be those white people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's almost um, not to use the whole colorblind bullshit, but like now I almost kind of like I forget that that is like something that you don't really see a lot. Um, but you know, I'm I'm like I've learned a lot <laughs> honestly throughout this entire project. Um, it's it's grown me not only creatively but also just kind of raising my own like social awareness and, and all of that too, just because of the community that's kind of uh, formed around it and the, um, you know, just how the comic and the story has evolved over time too. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. No, if, if I'm not learning something each day, then I, I worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's sort of like a, and it's also a challenge because in a lot of cases you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable um, and honestly, I, I, I agree with what Alan said. It's like, if I'm not learning something every day, I don't think I can do a good job at this, this project. So I, I really continually work to make sure I'm doing my due diligence, doing my research and just shutting up and listening a lot. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, just for, uh, just for the sake of any listeners who haven't, uh, heard of Kamikaze yet. Can you guys give, you know, just a quick crash course in what Kamikaze is? Sure. So Kamikaze is a Dust Bowl cyberpunk uh, comic series, we're a webcomic, about uh, basically a girl who grows up 200 years after the fall of civilization, and homegirl's just trying to get some rent paid. So she takes this really risky job, and it blows up in her face, and it sends her hurtling onto this path of becoming a covert operative for an underground organization. It's pretty much like Mad Max meets Batman Beyond with a healthy dosage of the expanse thrown in. Mm. Interesting. 
Yeah, it's true. Yep. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's uh, it's I, I like to call it a slow burn origin story. Like there, there's a lot of um, hero origin stories which you know will will jump right into the action. Um, I mean, we're we're on our third graphic novel right now uh, worth of material, and she's just gotten in the suit and she's just going on her first mission right now. And uh, I promise we didn't time this Kickstarter to match up exactly with this first like batch of her like <laughs> like jumping off of skyscrapers and activating her anti gravity pack. I swear that wasn't intentional. But when we looked at the calendar, like oh. Well, that's awfully nice. <laughs> that's convenient. Yeah. That is great. Yeah, that's actually something I noticed that um, you know, cuz like like Havana said, the design is is really cool and um but you've done so much uh, you know, world building throughout the course of the series that um, you know, she didn't jump right into the suit, you know. Or not only in comic books, a lot of times by the end of issue 1, possibly the beginning of issue 2, you know, your hero suits up, but um You've really taken your time, and I mean, there's lots of action, but um, you know, you've taken your time jumping into the costume, and I think it's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've gotten some some folks that look at the the work that we do, and it's just like, why why isn't this moving faster? But at the same time, they can't stop reading. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> it's like they they want to know what happens next. They want to know what the result is, but they're just like. They've never seen a hero story where somebody doesn't suit up immediately. Right. Um, and I mean, that's the whole point with, with Kamikaze is that Marcasia is the last person, unfortunately, that they thought that they would be working with. So <clears throat> she the, the suit doesn't fit her. Literally. It, literally, it does not fit her. That's why she's got like the, the oh, like giant baggy. <laughs> the giant baggy shoulders at the elbows and knees because it those her hands wouldn't fit in the gloves if she didn't have those bracers holding them up. Um, like it's a, it is a kind of fly by night operation because that's how, how she, uh, she focuses. So, or not focuses, but works um, within the context of the, the story. So we needed to sort of showcase like the kind of way our our world works and that so much is just sort of like held together with duct tape and a prayer um and that's in some cases very much what what marcasia as kamikaze has to do everything is sort of you know it can be planned to a t but the the everything you're working with has no guarantee of working the way you want it to that day or right it's it's using what you got to make the difference you know, and the thing is, I can't imagine the story being told in a different in a, in a different way. Right. I think it says a lot for for this to be that slow burn. You know, because a lot of times you get into, we'll just say Batman, for example. You know, like we, people want to now go back and do year one. What's weird year one look like? Blah blah blah. Right. I feel like you've really taken that origin concept and say these are all the little things that happen. Exactly. You know, what I mean, we don't talk about how you know, okay, Tony Stark built whatever in a cave and he had that first suit and it was perfect after that that's not the way life goes and i, and I think right. really illustrate that i think really one of the things that that spurred this on was uh we like way back in 2000 god knows when um <laughs> it was uh when the sam raimi spider-man came around and like all the all the you know the movies were out but I remember being very irked by the first movie because I was like, so he goes from the sweatsuit combination <laughs> with like spray painted stuff 
and like next a, shot it's... A, and then next shot it's perfect and he's swinging around and everything's great and i was like where did he get that he must have gone to that correspondence course for ua Hi. yeah i just yeah. i don't know like i mean i know he's a genius but like a genius in tech and stuff like that isn't going to be a genius in practical cosplay so it's kind of like how how did that work what was the thought well, there, process there actually was an extra hour and a half of um his fashion training uh you know backstory but they, they had to cut it for time oh no, no I'm, I'm, play, I'm playing serious. no i'm joking i'm joking oh okay because i was I'm like just oh really i need to see that you can't do that, dude. I, I'll believe you. Yeah, I mean, that's I wondered deep. that. Even Harry is very gullible. I'm sorry. Oh, that's part of the Snyder cut. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah that's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's a Spider cut. It's, it's, all, the, it's all in the it's all ha- hashtag Spider cut. Spider nice. Cut. I'm an idiot. Cut. I'm sorry. No, you're, no, you're not. No. <laughs> I, also, my my deadpan can be, you know, deceptive. I didn't mean for it to be. But. No, that's that's a superpower. Man. It is a superpower. Exactly. You should use it for good. Yeah. Use a general question. Yes. I yeah. question a lot of things that he says because he's so deadpan <laughs> and like, is he serious? Like, I got it. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like the combination of the deadpan, but also like I do. Even though I'm known more for my art, I uh, I love to write and tell stories. So when I don't use my storytelling muscle, you know, on the page, I I end up using it just as speech. So. Yeah, wow. it can it can yield weird results at times, but anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> um, so actually, one so one question I had is, um, you know, in our many conversations, you know, you've yeah. you've spoken about how um, you initially you know had planned um, the series to be an animated series, um, and now you know with this part of this Kickstarter, which we need to you know obviously speak more about, but part of this Kickstarter is the fact that you are releasing an animated short. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm just really interested to hear about that journey and also the the process of what it feels like to you know finally be bringing uh, Marcasia and everyone else to animation. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely been a a long road, and we're really really excited that we're kind of coming back around full circle on this. Um, when we first started off, uh, when we first started pitching it around, uh, this was before Netflix was really buying original content. This was before Crunchyroll decided to get into the streaming business. This was uh, still really an era dominated by like like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and stuff like that. And when we were first trotting around the concept for this, people were saying, this looks great, but we don't know what to do with it because they were all trying to approach it from this like all right how do i use this property to to affordably sell toys to 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 nine-year-olds um and because that's not what we are Mm -hmm. they were just kind of scratching their heads they didn't know where to put us like we talked to like adult swim they were saying oh this looks fantastic um uh you're, you're not expecting us to pay for production on it are you because we get like maybe a couple thousand dollars per episode um you know like oh okay that's that's not going to work okay um so uh, we were just kind of a little bit a- ahead of the game when it came to the concept of it all so we we've we've kind of pivoted into the the, the comic not as really um any other reason that we were just like, all right, we have this this idea for a story, and we really want to just see like how how popular is is this idea? Like, are are we kidding ourselves? Is this you know just a you know sort of a, a passion project for us, or is this something which has got some legs? So we 
we started just basically taking the pilot episode that we'd written for the 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 animated series and said, all right, let's just let's try running this as a as a comic, and and that's what really what got the ball rolling there. Um, it, it things have really seemed to shift in the the animation world though because um, we are starting to get um, talks with with um, networks and the like, and they are starting to show a lot more interest. So it's it's starting to feel like things are, are changing. I don't think we're ever going to give up the comic, though, because Mm-mm. the comic is... Oh, good. Uh, that, um, no, is, like, is, we love the comic. It's right. just like... That was for actually me, one it's... of my questions, so I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. Like, for me, it's sort of like when it comes to the, the comic, and in my head, it was sort of like... I grew up loving comics, and a lot of that was because I grew up... Like, I started reading comics via manga, manga um, type of stuff. So uh, Inuyasha was, like, one of my first loves. Um, so... It was a, uh, a big deal for me because, you know, as I learned more about comic books, um, like, especially as a teenager, the more I realized, you know, how versatile they were, how, how unique a storytelling tool they were. But I also loved animation. So in my head, it was sort of like, oh, this is a um, this is I kind of want to do this as an animated uh like it would be interesting to create a comic book that looked like it was animated as sort of a love letter to both mediums. Mm. Um, but yeah, what about you, Havana? I mean, really, Alan and I know what we're doing and and stuff. Not what we're doing, but like we're more like involved in the animation process. And because you're uh, more on the tech side, like yeah. like what has that been for you? Because I think that's a really interesting perspective. Yeah, so um, a little background on me. Um, I've always loved animation. Um, I've been drawing since I was three. So uh, I, I grew up with, you know, uh, Disney movies and all the Don Bluth movies. And I just like, I mean, every kid loves cartoons, but I just loved it. Like, I would use, I used to just pause movies and just try to draw what I saw. And I remember doing that even at five years old. Um, in fact, I, I've never drawn a stick figure. I was very confused when I first saw them in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is that? And, yeah, but the thing is, like, my mom and dad, um, they are, they immigrated here from um, Vietnam. And so, of course, it was like, you're either going to become a lawyer or a doctor. <laughs> but absolutely no art. And in fact, when I was... When I turned 18, every time my mom would see me drawing, she would slap my hand away. Wow. <laughs> and so wow. I um, I had to, like, draw in secret. So I never got to go to art school. I never got to pursue animation. Um, really? I mean, I'm doing something I love right now. Um, I do like user, ex- uh, user experience design. and um, In fact, I got to do a little bit of private or um, user testing at a private jet hangar which is really cool (laughs) so um but going back to like the reason why kamikaze has been such a good outlet for me is that it's um you know animation is like my first love right and uh and of of course comics is uh, a big part of that too and so like working on kamikaze allowed me to kind of have my cake and eat it too so i have the tech job but i also have this amazing side project um that's really grown into something substantial and i'm i'm always like 
so thankful for all the readers who invest their time and energy into the into our work. And so seeing like I don't think it became real to me until I saw the storyboards and the animatics from Echo Bridge. And I started getting all like giddy, like, ah, it's actually happening. Um, and then my, it just became like more and more surreal and amazing. Like as, um, you know, um, just every step of the way, uh, like with the voice casting, even with the, um, you know, hearing these characters for the first time. One of the funniest things about this project is like one of the first things I noticed was even though we've been working on these characters for about, what is it, like seven years, uh, we know the characters. We kind of have like this mutual understanding of how the characters act. But until we actually started um, take listening to demo reels for the characters, I realized that some of these characters sound different in all of our heads. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And so when we were listening to the um, the demo reels, um, it was funny because like I felt like there were a couple characters that took a couple hours just to discuss because there would be one character where I would um, I would listen to one reel and I would think, wow, that's that's Link, and then Carrie would say that is the opposite of what. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, it was so funny to me that we are so intimate and, like, familiar with these characters, but we never thought about the introduction of Sam. Yeah, mm-hmm. Link was surprisingly controversial. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Though I love the, the actor that we got for Link because he, oh. he perfectly blends Havana's oh. view and my view. <laughs> the thing is, like, okay, what's cool about um, Kevin Paculin is, like, when we heard his demo reel like it literally um he just like brought a side to link that neither carrie or i even thought could be possible and so i I even feel like he actually elevated that character he did he really really did He, he went above and beyond like um i think of of our voice actors with maybe the exception of damon like like Kevin is like a hardcore fan. Like he yes. he dove he dove through the comics and was like inserting like little little character jokes from the comic. Yeah, into, like he did his research. His <laughs> it was so cute because there was a point where I was talking with him and doing the the voice direction with him, and he was like, "Hang on, Carrie, hang on." I thought Link like gave. I thought Link called. Marcasia Sunshine, right? Like he, like as kind of a the thing Link calls Marcasia Sunshine, and she's still not really sure what she thinks of that. Um, but <laughs> he was like, I should call her Sunshine, right? We should do some takes with with me calling her Sunshine. And I was like, Yeah, okay, okay, Kevin, we can do that. <laughs> like, well, it's just amazing because like he's he's very dedicated. I love that, and like he, I Link is a challenging character because it's like. We have, like, so for me, uh, one of the uh, demo reels was just, like, very nerdy and uh, nasally, but Carrie didn't want, like, like a typical dorky voice. Um, and then, like, she was thinking, oh, he's kind of like a startup bro. And I was like, ah, oh, that's too aggressive. <laughs> there would be some um, demo reels, like, this guy sounds too competent. He sounds yes. like he like, could run this team. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Because he <clears throat> is a competent hacker or a spider in the, the kamikaze world. Um, but he's he's a he's the comic relief. But he's not like like a total goofball, you know? Like Orson did hire him on for a reason. So yeah. it's hard to find that balance. Like everyone else was kind of easy to find. But um yeah, I think Kevin, like, man, he like surpasses uh our expectations for sure. <laughs> what I actually another little thing I love about Kevin is that um so we did these testimonials where we basically had each of the actors and collaborators get together with us and say, you know, okay, a small interview type of thing. So we sent them the questions and then they just used their cell phone to like record themselves uh, talking. And as I'm looking at what Kevin's delivered, I'm like, that shirt looks really familiar. Yeah. He went he went to Goodwill and then took paint, like actual fabric paint. He found a shirt that looked close enough to Link's shirt and then altered it and then painted it to wow. look like his shirt. That's dedication. And he's answering wow. these questions in that. And I'm just like, you are officially a cinnamon roll. Like, I can't. <laughs> I will protect you with my life. <laughs> I never heard cinnamon roll before. He's <laughs> <laughs> just a cinnamon bun. I love him. Oh, I thought it was like, I, I did, like, is that new slang? I can't keep up. No. <laughs> You know I mess up slang all the time. <laughs> that, that's how new slang happens, so it's good. Oh, okay. Yeah. There, you go. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, no, um, our voice cast is amazing. I still don't really know how we got like Monica Rial and Danny Chambers and Jonathan Young on there. And Damon has always like he's he's really wanted to play Orson for a long time. And uh luckily he is just his voice is just freaking perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I think a lot of that is also maybe in part due to his dedication as, like, a fan and as a voice actor. Because Damon has this, like, he has this quality to his voice that has that gentle, calm kind of feeling. Like, a lot of people look at Orson and think he's, like, this badass guy. And, yes, he is. But he's also a quiet badass guy. He's not the type of guy who's going to just, like, completely flex for the purpose of flexing. He's going to do it to make sure that, you know, he gets what he wants out of the situation. <laughs> um, he's more of a, a, a thoughtful person. And I've always thought of him as more of a a quiet, like a, a soft-spoken character. But he has that ability to get incredibly loud and incredibly, like, passionate. passionate. Um, but it's always going to seem like it's, it's not necessarily coming out of nowhere, but it, it's surprising when it does happen. Um, so one of the things that I keep coming back to is that a lot of people see Orson and they, it's like, I work really hard to make Orson feel like a character who isn't a robot. Um, because a lot of people look at him and they're like, oh, wow, he's so, pa he's so cool. He's so, he knows what he's doing. He doesn't really seem to sleep. And, you know, yeah, yeah Orson is an insomniac, but <laughs> like, he's not a robot. He has feelings. Uh, he he's gets exhausted and he's a total <laughs> grouch mostly because he's exhausted. So <laughs> like Damon just brings all that together and then just adds to it in a way that very much like with Link, um, Kevin and Link, Damon sort of lifts up Orson into this this second 
this further level of reality and three-dimensionality that, you know, as a writer, it just makes me go, okay, now when I'm writing Orson, I know exactly what voices in my head. It's Damon, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I yeah, I <laughs> I'm looking at like your Facebook page. I'm just looking at all all the stuff that you guys have been doing. It's just been to see this come to full to fruition rather. Um yeah. Ha- has got to be surreal to you. It it is. It's yeah. it it was surreal when we started. It still is surreal. I think it's going to be surreal after the Kickstarter and after we've got the video finished, um, like it's gonna it's gonna be surreal for a good long time after this. Yeah, I think <laughs> the part that I'm just going oh my god about is we're planning on once it's finished, we want to take it to to a couple of film festivals and stuff like that. So mm. that means we're gonna see it on a big screen eventually. Yeah, and I still don't know what to like. I I don't. It does does not compute. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I like I'm trying to imagine it on a big screen and I'm like I can kind of see it but it's like oh that's a nice dream but no it will actually happen and it's sort of like that realization that no this is a thing it will happen um just right. it, it doesn't quite seem real right. <laughs> I, I, oh, I, can, I can imagine can we talk about the kamikaze shortcuts anthology Yes. yes. Um, that is like a big thing. So let, let's get into that. Yeah. So um, when we first started off uh, with the comic, like a lot of people were, were definitely in on the whole idea of the sort of the slow burn. But there were definitely some people who were like, yeah, but when are we going to see her like in suit? When are we going to see her you know, in action? And we're like, well, we can't really divert, you know, time and energy away from doing mm-hmm. the, the main comic. But, you know, we've. We keep running into like all these awesome comic artists who, for for reasons that we still can't fathom, you know, want to work with us, and they were they're offering to work for us, we are with us for free, and I was like, well, how about we we offer like this this these like short comics like these we, we originally called them wall tales, and um, they're just like short one off spin off adventures where kamikaze is you know, past this whole like the 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 early origin story chunk and she's doing her first few missions um as kamikaze in trinity and that's where the whole genesis of this thing started off originally with uh midnight run which was done by dan jolly uh lisa uh lisa kirk and um jamal jamal jones and uh, then we did soundbox with melissa white um jamal and hank jones um and so we, we've had these, these couple of these short comics floating around, and we really kind of had this this idea. It's like, why don't we just go go all in? Let's get a couple more made by a couple of other really excellent batches of creators, and let's just turn it into a full blown anthology. Um, and that's that's where short circuits came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're working with um, with uh, Scarrett's uh, John Robinson the Fourth. Um, and um, Robert Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, for each of yeah. them, they have two women as their artists. So one is Takia Murray and the other is Erin O'Neill Jones. Yeah. Um, and both of them are freaking phenomenal. Uh, they're great artists, and I'm so excited for what they're going to be, like the stories they're going to be drawing and telling together. Um, it, it was really interesting to actually hear like sit down and talk with uh, Robert Jeffrey specifically uh, and also with, with John. Um, But with Robert, he's been following us as long as you have Tony. And um, 
he actually came to us the day that we were sort of, he was pitching the idea and he was just like, I just want to put it down that, you know, working with DC and all that stuff was like on my bucket list, but you were also there. And I, we were just like, I, okay, wow. well now you have the job now because we can't, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't let that one go. Yeah, yeah. I can't really let go of that one go. And I was just like, you know, if you open every interview with that, you'll get the job. Yes. No. <laughs> And, and he's super, super talented. You know, he's yeah. one of Oh, my yes. God. Yeah. He's so talented. And I'm and, so excited because his... Well, I'm, like, we've been talking a lot about Orson and Link. And in the anthology, uh, John is doing a, a short, uh, like, a short um, piece on Link. And Robert is doing a short piece on Orson. Um, and both of them are just going to be so cool because... or. Um, uh, John's is about Link kind of going into a... Uh, uh, like what are they called? The it's, it's basically video games. It's, it's, it's basically he's an esports competition. Yeah, it's an esports competition. So he has to play a game and also simultaneously hack uh, Marcasia into a specific building that they're in at the same time. Um, and then uh, the one that uh, jo- Robert is working on um, is called uh, Son of a Jackal. Son of a Jackal. So and, you guys can think about however you want to yeah, do with that. And it's basically about the fallout of the, the last covert operative before um, Marcasia took the right. job. Yeah, mm-hmm. so right, right, right. I'm really excited for that one, too, because his he pitched it as like, so what would happen if... He, he basically said, so my pitch is basically, does Orson have a heart? <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> so... I'm really excited about that one. So, yeah, I mean, what it, what it makes me think of is um, I know with uh, you know as a Star Wars fan with in the years before we got like prequels and everything, um, there was obviously an expanded universe, but there right. were kind of, there were rules that people had to follow um, right. as they kind of came in and created. So, like, what what's that like on your end? Do you do you guys have like a, a kamikaze bible that people have to? you know, follow or, or, or kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of, um, really what it comes down to is we say, we make sure that they read the comic and then we actually have this several, what is it like 40 some odd page document that is literally nothing but the world. Um, so it's, it's just like breaking down the econ- economy system, breaking down the various like classes, if you can call them that, uh, breaking down, like everything from technology to water sources to slang to, you know, they don't have plants or paper. So what do they wipe their butts with or how do they print <laughs> things? <laughs> like, like, I mean, That's we've real. gone, it's, it's really deep and, and, uh, and fully fleshed out. And, um, I think it, it kind of takes a lot of our collaborators aback because they're just like, you you really thought about this. And like, yeah, we, we have. Um, even down to like government structure and right. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, ultimately, you know, the, the whole mention of like the, the, the Star Wars uh, expanded universe, th- that was perhaps the one thing that I was most distressed about seeing go when um when disney bought the star wars franchise like it was like because that was a lot of contributions by a lot of creatives over decades mm-hmm. and uh um th- th- there was a, there was a whole there was a whole extra mythos that had been built up there and i that stuff always fascinates me th- this whole way that you can kind of get the sort of katamari ball mm-hmm. of of shared 
ideas from a whole bunch of people and have that become sort of this shared mythos. I, I think that's something we definitely want to try to do with Kamikaze. I don't think we we're quite at the full, you know, y- you must conform to Zig guidebook, but um, I, I think we are are slowly starting to get sort of a shared language about it that I, I'm hoping will become something that, you know, can be something that new creators can come to and really start to c- contribute to the, sort of the conversation and, and yeah, build on that. I definitely agree. And that's one of the things that I really liked about like a lot of the books that we do whenever we're doing like the wall tales or the short stories with these guys is that, you know, half of the time, you know, when you're collaborating with somebody, um, I don't know. Some some folks don't like collaborating with others because they find it to be frustrating and it's sort of like, well, that means that we have a you know, we have to co- like compromise with things and all that kind of stuff and they don't want to give up control and I find that to be a very limited perspective because with every single wall tale that we've done, they're they the people that come to the table not only uplift but add to the world in ways that I never thought of. And then I'm thinking to myself, you know, hell yeah, like this, you know, that could absolutely work. I'm as the writer, I'm just saying that's canon now. Um, so, uh, like, uh, Melissa, for example, Melissa White, she did a really great job on um, uh, Soundbox which is about basically a battle of the the Bands. musicians kind of yeah. um and our our sort of hero is um is actually she's a musician but she's deaf and um so she's making this kick-ass music but she just wants to make sure that she wins the competition so she steals this you know technology that just, will just hopefully mind. help her <laughs> um, just a mind-altering device i mean no, yeah no <laughs> but the thing yeah. is is that she never needed it in the first place and um She's she's talented in her own right, and uh, Melissa came up with this whole idea of using the word OT um, or the the initials OT to actually talk about Outer Trinity, and how people would actually, you know, Marcasia or Orson or whoever would say, "Hey, this is the OT," or you know, use it in in actual everyday language, um, and I just thought that was so cool. So. Um, I was very happy to bring a lot of her ideas to the table and and just call them canon um, to make sure that not only I give her the the credit but also you know she added to the world and being in a create working collaboratively with other creators I think personally seeing somebody else's you know a sort of stamp of approval in a way on a larger thing like to to go to to go to Marvel and to say, hey, I'm working on this thing, this is my idea, and to have them go, okay, yeah, then, you know, this is now canon forever and ever. Like, that's that's a big deal. Yeah. We're so, not Marvel yet. We're not Marvel yet, but just as Disney example, call us. Disney can call us. <laughs> if no, you know what really. time it is. You're yeah, right. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Part of me is not really cool with that clause in their contracts that says, you know, we own everything you ever think of during this time period of being hired by us throughout the known universe. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah. 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 Disney can call us. Um, it'll be a conversation. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what can they do for you is the point. Right. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> at this point well why don't we talk about um just some of the things that people can get some of the rewards that people can get by back in the campaign because 
everyone listening to this, you obviously have access to the internet, so you should go right now to Kamikaze's Kickstarter campaign to support. But tell the people what they can get when they support the book. Yeah. Um, so we, we've got a, a really solid range of uh, backer awards. Um, we've got rewards starting at $10 and going up from there. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of digital rewards um, in two different tiers. We've got a basic pack and a more um, a, uh, deluxe pack. And that includes like um, uh, digital copies of the anthology when it comes out, uh, like a high quality download of the animated short when it comes out so that you don't have to be uh, – constrained by youtube uh or vimeo uh if you want to watch the thing um and uh with like the more the more deluxe pack we've got uh book our our digital downloads of the uh the graphic novels uh world building document like an actual like sort of a welcome to the world of kamikaze book a, a cosplay guide uh we're actually even including a a printable downloadable a board game that people can play that's based off of something that uh, characters play in world uh, in Kamikaze. Um, and that's something we've been developing out. Uh, with the physical rewards, obviously printed copies of the book, um, or, or really of all the books we've got. Um, we've also got uh, cats, stickers, uh, uh, Marcus Williams, uh, Marcus the Visual on Instagram and pretty much everywhere, uh, did a killer print of, of kamikaze uh, and uh that's available as an add-on um it's like a 12 by 18 uh luster print it's beautiful stuff um and just just absolutely beautiful work um and then we've got some like some high tier items uh uh no one's gone for these yet uh we're definitely excited if anyone does go for them uh and that uh really allows people to um not only do they get their name in the credits of of the animation um they also get uh the ability to um really pick uh our brains as sort of a a three-person brain trust because you know we've been doing this now for you know over a decade um we've we've pitched to to animation studios we've pitched networks we've you know we've made books we've you know come up with not just kamikaze we've come up with concepts for you know for kids shows we've come up with ideas for like like full-on novels um we've collaborated with a whole bunch of folks we even if people want to talk to us about how to set up their their convention booth like we've got experience <laughs> there uh, that's important and, that and so those higher tiers not only get you like exclusive stuff like you know limited edition like original artwork uh it also gets you the ability to kind of tap us um sort of one-on-one uh either once or multiple times uh so that we can really kind of help be i guess consultants on on whatever it is you're working on well i like that you guys are giving back too you know i mean that's that's like super valuable and it's also thinking from a creative um, perspective too so yeah. right That's great. I will say that uh, just as far as like Alan talking about the soundtrack and stuff like that is one of our that that was one of the things you said right I haven't okay but, but yeah but so now, we're now working on a soundtrack as well so yeah. I actually had a meeting with our composer yesterday mm. and then um, three additional artists yesterday um, who are really hyped about the project and uh I think our composer starts working on the compositions next week. Yeah. 
and, yeah. uh, for like a while. Um, and then we, we just go from there. But uh, And we're tapping someone from the NPC Collective. Yeah, it's the yeah. NPC Collective. So y'all might know him as Atlas um, and the NPC Collective. For anybody who uh, hasn't checked them out, you should, because it's basically hip-hop. That is hella nerdy. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's blurred core. It's blurred core kind yeah. of stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just so amazing. Anyway, uh, like one of Aaron's, the NPC collection songs are like about uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and Dragon Ball Z and all kinds of stuff. It's just really, really heckin' fun. Um, but he- he's also... Heckin' fun. Heckin' fun. Um, <laughs> try, trying to keep it on... Trying to keep... Keep it easy. And Th- Th- Thelonious with... isn't here, so if you if you wanted to curse, we we wouldn't. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I didn't know it bothered I'll, I'll, I'll Thelonious, share, but I'll, I'll make sure I keep that in mind. I'll <laughs> I'll share the story of of how um, because we, we've been getting all of the audio recordings from uh, the uh, the voice actors. A lot of them were done remotely. Um, one of them uh, was from Jonathan, who is this uh, <laughs> Jonathan Young. He's a, a YouTuber. He does like a lot of these like heavy metal covers of like anime openings and Disney songs. He's he basically brands himself as like the Disney villain of YouTube, um, and like I've got like this full recording and it's got like this it's like, got like this one sided conversation where he's talking into his mic, which has got this, you know, perfect clarity because he's recording. On the other hand, is is Carrie's conversation, which you can't hear, and at one point he's like, "Why won't you let me swear to the children, Carrie?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. It, it's a heartwarming moment, and if we have a bloopers reel, it's going on the bloopers reel. <laughs> oh, I hope you do have a bloopers reel. How yeah, amazing. that would be dope. Yeah, I, I really want that to be something that happens, and maybe we should add that as a uh, I want as an extra a... <laughs> an extra bonus reward uh, for the the digital thing. The maybe. Sort of, I just like the fact that there's a point where um, we have to do like efforts and stuff like that. So for anybody out there who doesn't know what an effort is, um, when you're recording for animation or video games, there's points where, you know, the director will say, "Okay, so you've just been shot by an arrow and the arrow's on fire and then you've (laughs) you've just fallen. What's the sound you make? And then you're falling into water and dying from drowning. So we need all five of those things in one sound. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So like that's that's an effort. But there was a point where we were like um, or we we need 30 running sounds. Yeah, 30 running sounds or something like that. But there was this one point where uh, Jonathan's in the the room uh, in the booth and he's recording. And I'm like, okay, so I need you running at like a couple different speeds. And he was like, okay, I can do that. And then he, we realized, like, I think in the take that he couldn't really run in place without like, <laughs> without like messing up an equipment or like causing things to shake or something like oh, that. So God. we were like, okay, okay, so just you'll have to stand and run, um, <laughs> which is hilarious because he was just like. He was standing still, but basically doing that um, that thing where his shoulders go up and down really far, kind of like those that pose in, in Black Panther with the the cross oh, things that yes. they're doing. Like it's like that, but it's way more intense. And and he's just like grunting into the mic, and I'm watching this on screen, and I'm just trying my best not to laugh hysterically. <laughs> so uh, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, 
I don't know. Just recording with the cast was really fun. Yeah, you actually, uh, Carrie uh, and our, our one of our editors, D. Yeah. Actually went out to to Texas to record with Monica Rial and Danny Chambers. Yeah. Um, that was that was a surreal experience, wasn't it? It was. It was very surreal. It was my first time ever doing uh, voice directing, so no pressure. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, Monica was great, but Danny, oh my God, Danny. Um, well, you're going to want to finish that sentence. Uh, okay, so <laughs> Danny is just amazing, and I that just feels like not the right word to use because it, it doesn't encompass how amazing she is. Um, uh, her amazingness is inevitable, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but okay. it's, She's just she's just so cool and uh, she's such a bright little ray of sunshine. But when she goes into Marcasia's voice, she nails it. And it's like night and day kind of to see her go from this, you know, normally, you know, I'm super happy. Yay. To like this surly teenager. Um, And yeah. So throughout the whole process, I'm sitting there with Dee and Dee sort of helping me make sure that, OK, let's uh, making notes and make passing things to me. Like, let's make sure we get this or that or change this up. And then I'm also working um, on making sure that, you know, I'm just getting them in the right headspace um, while that's going on. So we get through the script and I'm thinking to myself, OK, I've got through the script with Marcasia. Danny has Marcasia and I haven't had a single tear come out it's fine i'm feeling really good about myself because i'm like i got these emotions in check they are my bitch (laughs) then we're doing the uh we're doing the efforts um for marcasia and there's a point where we we needed to get a couple laughs in and then danny just started laughing as marcasia and i broke uh just to hear the I guess the joy of a character who is basically the the child of Havana, myself, and Alan's co-parenting of the abilities to just feel hearing the joy of this this character that I've created laugh um, nearly broke me. Um, so, uh, so my emotions were like you thought, and then. Uh, <laughs> So I had to go into the bathroom for a little bit and deal with that. But uh, she's just wonderful. Um, there were mo- there was a moment where we were, um, Danny was in the recording booth and like, uh, I, I, like after you've read the script so many times, like the emotion of it, like you know what you want it to sound like, but to actually, there's moments where you're just like, okay, this is what I want it to be. I want it to really have a hard punch, but the sort of effectiveness of that punch is so, like, it's faded to you because you've read it so many times. You've gone over it so many, at so many different points, making changes and edits and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we had Danny do this, a read a, a line, um, and I gave her the, the sort of correct headspace that she needed to be in for that moment. And then she does it, and the entire room is just bl- so blown away. We're quiet for like a good second or two. And then Danny's in the booth, and she suddenly bursts into tears. So it's just like, whoa, okay, okay. Um, it was it was a lot. And I mean, I think it was it was emotional for a lot of people. And I think more more of our actors, the more they get to know the characters. 
it's it's really cool to see how passionate they are and not only like the actors but also the the writers that we're working with and the artists that we're working with just how how they fall in love with these characters as well is something that warms my heart and i'm so happy that that they fall in love with them too wow i just i think that as a as a writer i can't imagine that type of connection mm-hmm. um with the character, like it's one thing to put it on paper. It's one thing to to read it over and over because of the editing pro- editing process, you know. But to I guess to have other people act it out must be something that I mean I mean I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, it, it's it's been pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, I have all the confidence things. in you, Tony. I'm sure one day you'll surprise yourself, <laughs> and you'll 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 meet meet your some of one of your characters face to face and not even realize it, and then. You know, the executive producer was like, hey, that's the character. And you're going to be like, hey, what? <laughs> Wait. Oh, <no. laughs> I see it in my head. I'm willing yeah. it into into being. Yeah, we, we have some unreleased uh, voice acting stuff that um, we're going to hope to put out before the end of the Kickstarter. And uh, I've been kind of doing some of the edits on it um, in sort of my spare time. And there's one I'm working on right now, which is just... Um, it's been giving me just like little goosebumps listening to it, and it's just like, I, I, wow, <laughs> I was I was not expecting it to be this powerful. Yeah, and I mean that's one of the characters that we don't really get to see too much of within the short. But it does a good job of establishing them. Yeah, it yeah. does, and I, I can't wait for you guys to hear some of this stuff because just holy crap, um, yeah, I mean Alan and Havana and like. Our editing team, D, Rochelle, Jamel, all of our artists, all of our writers. Like at this point, there's so many artists and writers. Like I feel like I can't list them off because I'll eventually forget one and then feel awful. Um, so, but you know, there's so many of them, and they're all just so amazing. And to have the kind of support and excitement for a project that you know, we've worked on for so long is. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's really great because it, it, it's yeah. like the amount of gratitude that I feel just can't, it can't be fucking expressed. Like, First, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. By all <laughs> means. No, no, please, please. Embrace the darkness. <laughs> you know, I think there is a there's a certain amount of authenticity that I get from this team, and I think that that shows in your work, and I think that is why a lot of us support you, um, because I'm not I'm not sure, but like when when we see other people and meet other people at, at comic cons, a lot of people either are all about the money or they're not very personable. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can get into the story about how I met Tom King, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about you right now. Uh, <laughs> and I'm being real about that. So, um, but to be able to, again, get to know y'all, you know what I mean? Meeting you all, meeting up with the two of you, not the three, because you weren't there. Um, yeah, I wasn't there. It was Havana and Allen, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. There's, again, there's an authenticity there, I think, that we all can tell. And I think that that's what makes it easier to support yeah, um, yeah. Would, you, would you agree Marcus oh absolutely yeah I mean I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, you all in person but I think it comes through you know speaking to you and definitely reading the book um, mm-hmm. and I'm definitely struck by I mean I definitely agree with what you were talking about about the, the level of 
world building and, and thought oh, that you put gosh, into the yeah. series. So, yeah, I can, I can definitely 100% tell you guys are, are in it for the love. So Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I do have a, I have two follow-up questions. So All one, right. um, about the world building, because that, that is very intense. Is there, plan, is there a plan to create another part of this, uh, a story within this world that does not include Marcasia? So, oh boy. I, so personally for me, um, I, I see lots of opportunities for that. I think it's about choosing the right ones to, mm-hmm. to explore first. Uh, because like just the world around Trinity mm-hmm. is, is, has got enough story there for right. a lot. Exactly. Like, th- there have been a couple times where writing like the, the main storyline where we've had to stop ourselves and say, no, this this is not the Razors, the 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 show. This needs to be about Marcasia's journey. Because um, we, we've been able to like accidentally dive down huge rabbit holes of plot intrigue with you know what's happening inside the wall, with what's happening, you know, with individual gangs. There's the entirety of of the the Outlands, which is completely open for exploration, and that really has, you know, been something that we've been really getting excited about some of the possibilities because you have this this huge desert, but that desert is full of like all these ruins of the world that pretty much everyone abandoned 200 years ago. So you're gonna have these giant shifting dunes that are gonna like uncover these treasure troves of the old world, and what what does that look like from a uh, a societal standpoint where like we have these you basically these gold brushes where where yeah. a storm unearths you know you know half of phoenix and stuff like that um or you know or baltimore or whatever uh, so that's that seems really compelling and there's like all these like little you know you know side characters we've introduced we've introduced you know a character who leaves trinity and you know smuggles people to other cities we've got um, you know, we've got Flair, who was introduced in uh, Midnight Run, who uh, you know is sort of like the 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 Joker to you know uh, to Kamikaze's Batman, and like there, there's a, you know, a complete ability to go explore all of that. We've got some other characters who are coming up here at the end of the third book, who are going to be uh, possibly able to take us new places. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's so many different angles to dive down. Um, then we've and, got yeah. the, the yeah. one that's later. It's almost like a sequel, but for younger audiences too. Yeah, well, yeah. So uh, as part of this journey of, of developing out and, and you know, pitching to studios, we realized that um, there, early on, there were some studios that wanted to like take Kamikaze and just like really crank down the knob on it and really turn it into like just like a like a, a Saturday morning cartoon, no no repeatable violence kind of. Of of action adventure story, and we're like that really doesn't mesh up with what we're thinking of. But we, the more we thought about it, it's like you know, there's a possibility that we could, you know, spin off a world. Um, that like, all right, let's 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 fast forward 75 years in the future and imagine everything went perfectly well in the world of Kamikaze. What does that world look like for you know young aspiring kids? And so we, we've we've played around with that as an, as an idea, too. On the character designs that Havana put together for that, oh my gosh, they're just beautiful. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's all, I mean, this is a world that we just started creating, and now it's completely taken over our yeah. lives. I, I think it's, it's mostly now about 
figuring out how to strategically explore it in a way where we can sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, sleep. I've I've learned the importance of sleep. Yeah, <laughs> by not by not having it, so I get it. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm glad that y'all sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's been a journey. <laughs> yeah. My my second question. This is more yeah. because I find it so fascinating. How did you get these voice actors? Yeah. Well, Carrie, how did we get these voice actors? Uh, look, I. Carrie has a magic touch. <laughs> Havana, Havana and I kind of treat her as a super weapon. We we kind of. <laughs> um, yeah, she, I um I think like uh, every time we have some sort of networking event or some place where like important people are going to be, we're like, Carrie, get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, but I think it's because, you know, Carrie is so genuine, um, and passionate when she talks. And I, I think like people really pick up on that and that resonates with a lot of people. So, uh, Carrie and I, um, and Alan has been, uh, has been involved with this too, but we are very, very, very involved in the convention scene. And Momocon has been one that we've been super involved with. So like Carrie and I are actually, uh, direct of the moderation team at um, at Momocon. And so uh, that kind of gives us um, access to a lot of, um, I guess, industry professionals. Um, uh, and we've been able to connect with a lot of um, very talented and prominent voice actors as well. Um, and I guess, like, throughout the years, we've... Um, I don't know. It's a. I think it's just years of trying to build those relationships, nurture those relationships. But I know Carrie also put out a Twitter casting call. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you did. That was tough. You uh, like five hundred applicants, right? <laughs> and then yeah, it was I, a lot. She was like, "Oh, we need to go through all of them." I'm like, um, "You go all through all of them. <laughs> you tell me the top three, <laughs> and I'll pick." <laughs> And then I delivered like the top fifteen, and I was like, "Look, I I need you. To, I yeah, I need help. Please help." <laughs> so, so uh, like yeah. I went through those fifteen. I was like, "Oh my god, fifteen, really?" And then I, I'm just like very quick to just like narrow down. Like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> um, and then, but then even after that, it was still it still resulted in like hour multiple hour long debates. <laughs> Yeah. the voices so. definitely now we found marcasia pretty quickly um yes. i'm not sure how we found her oh uh, we found her through monica um so i your story about monica is really funny too <laughs> wait which part <laughs> you first like talked to her about the characters oh yeah that's right okay so uh, it was actually this past momocon momocon 2018 19. 19. 19. It's yeah, 19. it's, it's 19. Oh, it's, it's hard to keep track of them now. This is a hell year. Um, <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, it is Momocon 2019, and um, because I'm one of the directors and a volunteer as well as, like, a Alan, Momocon is very, very generous to us, and because we do a bunch of panels and stuff like that and because we bring in a lot of fans for Kamikaze, um, they also has, have us as guests, so... I don't really do all that great around crowds. Um, so when I need a break, I will go into what is basically a VIP green room area and just 
not talk to anyone. Um, except for when you do. Except for when I do. And so at one point, um, my my uh, my editor and assistant director D came in um, needing something. I don't remember what it was. And uh, Monica came in and saw D's hair, and just like nerded out with D about hair because it turns out that Monica was actually a hairstylist before she started doing voice acting uh, as much as she has. Um, so she's been in the industry for 20 years, but before she was able to do it full time, she would do like people's hair color and haircuts and stuff like that. So she and D were just like sleepovering it up. I mean, just like, Oh, your hair's so cute. And then like Monica's like putting her fingers through, through, uh, through Dee's hair and making like detangling parts of it that were kind of tangled. And, um, they're just being adorable. And then I, you know, Dee sort of turns around and is like, Oh, have you met Carrie? And I'm just like, leave me out of this. <laughs> uh, we're talking and then it, uh, somehow we get to like, other subjects like oh that's right it was a mermaid tales um so for anybody out there who doesn't know this i'm a mermaid like a legit i have a tail that i swim in um and monica didn't know that was an actual thing i think it was so i showed her pick like videos of it and you know we got into this big long conversation about it and eventually monica was like so you know what i do but i don't know what you do and i sort of brought out a copy of kamikaze um, and sort of let her flip through it. And I was telling her about, yeah, we're, we're comic, uh, webcomic comic type of thing. And, uh, telling her about how right now we're actually looking for folks for a short, um, who can do like a specific kind of accents. And apparently Monica's like a nerd for voiceover that has accents. Um, so she asked what it was and, because it's Audrey, Audrey is Romanian. So not only does she have a Romanian accent, but she also speaks Romanian off and on throughout the series and the, yeah. the short. Um, and Monica was just like, I love her immediately. So um, I f like, which one is she? So I flipped to a page. Um, it was actually a page of Audrey basically calling Orson an idiot. Uh, so she was just like, I can't believe you're doing this type of thing. And Monica was like, so how do I audition? <laughs> um, because this is something I really want to be a part of. And, um, and by I, the way, like Monica, Real, if you've watched anime ever, you've heard her <laughs> because yeah. this woman has an insane filmography list. Like she's a, uh, she's been in like, so a lot of my favorite anime is actually like Full Metal Alchemist. She's been in Azumanga Daio. She's been in Razafon. She's been in Angelic Lair, Initial D, um, My Hero Academia, Dragon Ball Z, um, High School of the Dead. Like so many. I it just her Wikipedia just scrolls endlessly. <laughs> yeah. She was uh, the first American dub for Hello Kitty, which I thought was really cute. Um, but it was. I mean, she's just a really cool person, and so she was asking me about what other voice uh, cast people we were looking for, and was saying, well, the ones that we're really concerned about right now is our lead, which is Marcasia, and I showed her pictures of Marcasia, and she just whipped out Danny Chambers. You need to talk to Danny Chambers. I'll put you in touch, and then, like, a day later, I'm talking to Danny Chambers. Yeah. So it's, 
awesome. And Damon Chambers has a very impressive voice list, too. Um, Like, she's been in, I think, over 40 games in anime. Yes, something like that. She's, uh, she, uh, for anybody who's really in love or really likes anime, she was uh, Chise Hattori in um, Ancient Magus Bride. And she's... um, She's Otomi in Mix uh, Mise story, um, and then she's all she's been in like Black Clover and SSS Gridman. SSS Gridman. Tokyo Ghoul. Tokyo Ghoul. She's yeah. also been in um, a new anime that was actually brought uh, recently put out called um, uh, Kimono Friends, mm-hmm. um, and she plays the lead um, whose name is Serval. So um, it's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you're going to hear her voice and be like, this sounds like a Pokemon master, like somebody who wants to be a Pokemon master. And then you're going to hear Marcasia and be like, wow, that, wow. Well, that's actually something I thought about while watching your your Kickstarter video, because she does, I mean, she's got this this voice, um, you know, great voice, but it actually wasn't the first voice that I thought of. But then I read her, um, just her filmography and all the things she's been in, and I'm... So I'm very interested to hear like how she did. I know she's going to channel Marcasia, but I'm very interested to hear how it happens. Yeah, yeah. it's. Yeah. That, I mean, she does channel her very well, and she apparently Marcasia was actually a very, a fairly difficult character for uh, Danny to not to channel but to reach, mm-hmm. um, because Danny's yeah. a little, yeah. um, because her voice is so so on that higher octave. She was really worried that she wouldn't be able to get on a low enough octave. To, to work with Marcasia, but she nailed it beautifully. Um, yeah, she definitely, like, I was a little concerned at first just because, um, you know, she does a lot of anime voices, um, like a lot of higher-pitched voices. So, like, uh, okay, well, can we have her read some Marcasia lines? Um, and I think Danny really brings, like, the emotional gravitas to the character, and uh, I was really surprised at what she could pull off. Yeah, like her emotion, like she's been acting since she was six. Yeah. Um, so she knows what she's doing on that front. But at the same time, Danny is, um, one of the hard things about casting Marcasia that I was sort of dreading is that a lot of, I was so worried that somebody was going to come forward and just like try to do the, oh, it's somebody who has dreadlocks and is mm. not, you know, not light, you know, super light skin. So I'm going to go super urban with this. And there's nothing wrong oh, with that. But it's just sort of like, that's not who Marcasia is. No, um, I, well, I'm glad that you have an awareness, you know what I mean? Like even going into that, because I've, I've seen some really crazy things in uh, <laughs> cartoons. It's funny because yeah. I, I, I think I was talking about this on the show before, but... I can I have a one of my superpowers is if there's a, a black animated character, uh, picking out if the actor actually was black or if they're just oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think one of the most egregious ones there's a there's a show my, my daughter used to watch when she was younger, um, Wild Kratts, and they uh, oh you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Like the first time I heard uh, you know Koki is like the one black character. And the first time I heard her, I, I had to look it up on IMDb because I'm like, I'm, I, I don't think this is a black actress, and uh, or actor, and you know, it it definitely wasn't. But like, it, it was. It was pretty what was different. the show? Uh, Wild Kratts. Oh. It's the guys they 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 talk about. Um, you know, I mean, the real life dudes. It's based on their their real life. They're um animal experts, and they uh, you know, they just know all kinds of crazy stuff about animals from all around the world. So on the show, they get into these adventures. Kids learn about different types of animals. 
And it's, you know, it's a cool show, but it's just like that actress is just kind of doing too much, you know what I mean? And in, in trying to be a black character. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's something that I was really worried about with Marcasia. And because Monica just sort of said, no, you should talk to Danny. And I saved hours. That, no, days. Mm. She saved me days by just giving me Danny's name. She, she was the right choice. Uh, she was the right choice immediately. And I, I've never. And I mean, with Monica, like, you know, uh, Monica was even the right choice there, too. Like, and it, everything just sort of fell in place um, for a lot of these characters. So um, and I'm actually really, really excited for the Kickstarter because there is a stretch goal that we have, which if we hit, that means that we can reveal another actor for another character Ooh. to do a, an after credit scene with. And I'm I like we're not we're purposefully not saying anything, but you guys, you guys, Samuel guy L. Jackson. So cool. No, it's not Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> anyway, he's he's really he's been on a lot of things. Um, so I'm I'm really really excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm really trying not to say some of the things he's been in because I know somebody's gonna be out there like, oh, let's start sleuthing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let, let, let's let's keep it a secret. Let's let it be a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm awful at this. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's good. <laughs> I just listened to a clip of that character you were talking about, Koki. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty crazy. You see it, right? You, you, you can hear it, right? <laughs> yeah, what the heck? Well, you know, it made me think of, like, um, what was it? Oh, I mean, this is, like, tangentially uh, related. But I know, like... Back, um, uh, I think several years ago, you know, with Family Guy and everything, like mm. people were always saying, "Oh, Family Guy is like funny. They make fun of everyone. It's fine. Oh, it's okay. That. It's like, you know, whatever." It's like, "Oh yeah," and I, I like Family Guy. But then, like, of course, I was watching a panel where all the writers and voice actors came out um, at the San Diego Comic Con for a panel. I was like, "Oh, mm. they're all wet." <laughs> yep. I was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've always, I've always loathed the whole like, oh, they make fun of everyone thing because it's like that would be fine if we were living in a society where yeah. everything's equal. You know what I mean? And like, and, exactly. And I, I never liked that argument. Like, um, yeah, it's just it's a weak argument to me. It is, yeah. Not a good excuse. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's 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 an argument which is always made by people who are very comfortable and in in sort of a non-examined space of their privilege, and it. I, I'm really glad that we're starting to actually like collectively start to call that out as like like no, that's really not a acceptable like pass well, on on how you're handling your comedy. But yeah. also, it's like I mean, I'm sorry. How hard is it to find a black actress who can voice this character? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like it. T- I I needed to talk to one person. It is not that hard. <laughs> right. Well, and and that is the thing. When when I first discovered that, I'm just thinking about all of the. You know, all of the, the, the women who didn't get that gig that would have, you know, could have killed it, you know? Right. And and also, right. like, just the icing on the cake is that, like I said, she's trying so hard. And, the, I mean, you know, all the characters have kind of, like, cute cartoon voices, but she sounds like she smokes, like, four packs a day. Like, like she's been smoking four packs a day for about 20 <laughs> years. Like, oh, geez. Yeah, it's just, um, just unnecessary. And it's also, like, you're... 
putting on I don't know it's like it's hard to explain um like I've been watching a lot of uh, I mean with Disney plus I'm basically binging everything including like classic Disney and the Simpsons. <laughs> it's just like, oh man, some of this stuff really makes you cringe. <laughs> it has not aged well. <laughs> I'm sure. Not at all. Not at all. Like, um, like, uh, put out this statement like, oh, well, there might be, uh, you know, some sensitive things. I'm like, uh, you think? Oh, did they, right. did they put that <laughs> statement out? I believe they did. Yeah. Just with Apu. Right. Just oh, with Apu. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I watched. I recently watched. Um, I was over at my friend. Uh, I think it was actually Dee's, and she was watching some of the Treehouse of Horror episodes. And I was just like, a poo shows up, and I'm sitting there cringing. Mm-hmm. And we're actually both kind of cringing <laughs> with, about about this. And it's just like, oh my god, like. Yeah, the whole like may contain some you know sensitive you know, you know, sensitive stuff or you know some 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 you know you know. You know you some uh, uh, the words are coming out wrong. It's yeah, like putting it's like it's like putting like a tiny yard sale sign like there might be some slight radiation in front of like Chernobyl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I do have a rant quick. real quick. I love Disney Plus. It's my jam. I've been faithfully watching stuff on there. But the way they handled that um disclaimer mm-hmm. is just the most cowardly way to do it. Um <laughs> I don't know if you guys actually looked at oh, like, of course I'm going through the Disney classics, so like Dumbo and Peter Pan. Oh god, man! And, I don't... I, and my, <laughs> I had to warn my boyfriend. Oh, uh, Peter Pan! Oh my god! Right, I, go I was just like, okay. <laughs> no, but the opening of Dumbo. And yeah. He's no, the, come on, man. The crows. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! And then I didn't remember the crow scene being so long. <laughs> Yo, I. Let me tell you, okay, I so like so um uh so my uh, my significant other is black, and so I told him like, hey, there's a heads up. Oh, he had never seen it. <laughs> and he was like, okay, that's fine. And then like every time a, a culturally insensitive part was about to come, I'm like, all right, brace yourself, dirty stuff coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't even go back to Dumbo because, like, I saw it when I was like very, very, very young, like too young to really yep. get the get the right. context. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in my because in my mind, like, they didn't resemble any black people that I knew, so yeah. I I didn't process it, process it as like, oh, they're supposed to be black. Um, but then, like, I saw it as an adult, and I totally forgot about that, and <laughs> and I just was like, what the hell is this? And needless to say, I didn't make it to the end. <laughs> I mean, I just... <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. But anyways, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. So, like, uh, the the way they did their disclaimer... First of all, I really like how Warner Brothers does their disclaimer. Like, it's... Uh, not only is it at the beginning of the actual video, or, like, the, you know, old Looney Tunes episodes and stuff. Mm. Like, they have it at the very beginning, but they also actively, explicitly condemn it, too. Um, really? And just... But, like, with the Disney Plus stuff, not all, first of all, it's not at the beginning of the video. You have to go to Dumbo, then um, swap over to the Details tab. Oh, okay. Buried in a paragraph. But, get this, it says, contains depictions of tobacco. May include Whoa. culturally outdated <laughs> references. 
See, I don't and, like that because that assumes that it was okay during that date. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like it's like. Or, well, I guess the way I interpret it is like the the fact that you said may contain is like right, right. You blaming the person who would interpret it that way? Exactly. Like, well, it's it's like the disclaimer version of like I'm sorry if you were offended. You know. Right. right. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so yeah. I was very curious how they would um, handle that, and I, I do think they handled it very poorly, and I think they handled it in a very cowardly way. Like. Who's going to actually go to the details tab, yeah. read that, you know? Well, okay, that, so I actually have them pulled up if you guys want me to read them. Yeah, yeah, go for the okay. Warner Brothers one. Yeah. So here's the Warner Brothers one first. Yeah. The cartoons you are about to see are products of their time. Mm-hmm. They may depict some of the eth- ethnic and racial prejudices that were commonplace in America in American society. These depictions, while wrong then and are wrong, uh, these depictions were wrong then and wrong today. While the following does not represent the Warner Brothers, sorry, it's kind of dark in here, the Warner Brothers' view of today's society, these cartoons are originally created. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Marcus. Uh, just jumping in to let you know that Carrie's audio cut out while she was reading the disclaimers. But basically, all you need to know is that Warner Brothers handled it responsibly and Disney did not. Um, there's also a few other small audio hiccups coming up, but they do work themselves out eventually. So we apologize for any inconvenience. Because to do other presented as a <laughs> outdated cultural depictions. What? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and, and you have to hunt for it. I mean, yeah. like. I well, don't know. okay, but then okay. Here, here's what really kind of movies. At the beginning, they do have like overlay text. But it says like the rain uh, depictions of tobacco, but they. <laughs> right. Right. One um, there's this one a black um lady in the group. It follows a group of students, and um, you know Shirley was there, who is kind of a I would describe Britta as like a young and very enthusiastic kind of progressive. She misses the mark, needless to say. And there's one episode where like I forget what they were talking. Excuse the racism, but the blah blah blah. <laughs> Sh- Sh- Shirley just goes, "You can excuse the racism. You can excuse the racism." Oh my god, I remember that. Yeah, like, there's some racism. Smoking. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> And Leo is back. Yo, what's up, y'all? How's it going? Hey. You came in at the fun part of the conversation. Uh, yeah. Talking about community. I know. I came in on, like, one of my favorite shows, and that's great. Yeah. 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 It was what, uh, what, what, wait, what, what was that? What was that an analogy to, Marcus? Oh, we're, we're talking about Disney Plus and their um, lackluster uh, disclaimers before some of their old racist stuff. And, uh, you know, but Havana was just talking about how they they take more time and care with uh, explaining away the, the smoking than they do the, uh, the racism. Yeah, what, is Song of the South on Disney Plus already? No, oh, no, they will no. never, ever, ever release that. Ever. Yeah, they're hiding that. They're hiding that they under will, the mattress. I mean, they've okay. Just bringing out my animation historian thing. Like, I don't know if you guys know about Sunflower. Uh, mm, I don't know. Okay, so have y'all seen Fantasia? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So there is a. It's called the. Um, oh no, it's not the Rite of Spring. It's the. Uh, Pastoral Symphony, which has all the—it's the one all like pretty much ev- 
every little horse girl loved, um, which is about like all the uh, the Greek um, gods, and it has the centaurs and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So there's a couple um, there's a couple shots that are actually cropped. And the reason that they're cropped, and they're cropped very weird, is because Disney decided in their wisdom to take out and erase the fact that at that point they had little, they had yeah, little well, black girl centaurs cent- who yeah. were re- represented in an incredibly, incredibly awful way, uh, who were like doing the white, the white centaurs' nails and stuff like that. Like they left in the zebras. I've seen that. It, if it, you do, yeah. Awful. If you look online, you can find uh, that. Yes, it, it I absolutely it. have. The I'm image sure. sounds familiar. It seems familiar to in my mind right now. Anyway, she actually has a name, and her name is Sunflower. She has a, mm, I didn't like a that. whole sheet and stuff like that. But there was some outcry about it, and eventually Disney, when they re-released it on VHS in the nineties, oh, they recut it so it was just completely gone, and they have never, ever, ever apologized for it. Um, <laughs> so, it's like it's like it's like a racist Han shot second. Kind right. of, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good way to put yeah. it. Good job. <laughs> interesting. But it's interesting. I mean, so they didn't choose to do that with those just egregious, you know, uh, crimson red uh, Native American avatars that yeah. they put into uh, Peter Pan. And there's, there's, those are still at the theme park. Like we were at Disney World. Are you serious? Oh my god, I didn't see them. Yeah, they're still they're still. Oh at, like, no. Yeah, if you go to the, the Peter Pan ride. Oh like, my god, you're right. Yeah, th- th- there's a flyover section, and yeah. it's it's still got the "What Makes the what? Red Man Red" song going on. I, oh my oh, god. Oh shit. <laughs> I, I, wow. I, I was I was feeling some sort of way about the end of that. <laughs> How has that not? I really wow. hope somebody who sees that one day will just pee on that as they go by on their little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they find out the true extent of, of of their their surveillance camera network. Yeah. <laughs> just I can't hold it anymore, and you know it doesn't matter that. I mean, have you seen the length of that line? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I just figured that ah. was the best place. <laughs> That's yeah, true. People will be locked and loaded. Oh my god! It's just—it was so bad. <clears throat> anyway, you know, you know, what would be dope if like Red Man showed up to to the theme park and just defaced it himself. <laughs> oh, that would be so yes! <laughs> <laughs> like he's like he's like I'm good. All right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that would be epic. That would be an that would be an epic TikTok video if Red yeah, Man. Yeah, yeah. I don't that would know. Be an epic TikTok video. <laughs> I feel like we're going to get a call from Disney corporate here in a bit. (laughs) First of all, this is your fault because somebody did that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. That's true. Hmm. Um, They they love black comics. They'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But they're like, we gave you black Panther. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan Coogler. How could you do that? (laughs) I want to flip the table, but my laptop's on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you need it too much. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, uh, <laughs> Tony, I had a I had a question. Um, so did have you been playing Star Wars? No, I have not bought the game yet. <sighs> okay, Wait, I know. I was. Yeah. I'm yeah. so behind. And now I now and now I feel ashamed. I really I have I have just haven't had any time. Yeah, I haven't had time. I started messing with it, and like, I mean, I really like. I just finished the tutorial and kind of like went on. Um, but yeah, I was curious. I don't feel too bad. Then. 
<laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to reloop and like and share some thoughts on it. I, yeah, I'll know I'll know a bit more later, but I feel like it's something you're definitely gonna play. Oh, absolutely. I, I was gonna start this weekend. I just hadn't had a chance to. So, yeah, yep. I'm excited. Okay, so because um, I feel like we're gonna de-evolve <laughs> with a lot of this conversation. <laughs> Let's get, right, get right. really one thing, a couple of things out. Um, where can they find this fabulous Kickstarter? So you, you can find us on Kickstarter. Uh, we are called uh, Kamikaze Sci-Fi Animated Short and Comics Anthology. That's a mouthful. You can go to Kamikaze Comic uh, on Twitter, and we are not shutting up about it at all. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at Kamikaze Animated, and uh, we're also not shutting up about it there. Or Instagram, same uh, same uh, username. If you guys want a really quick and easy uh, way to not only find it, but to also uh, learn a little bit more about it without having to read the entire page, head to bit.ly slash lowercase K-A-M-I-K-A-Z-E, uppercase K-I-K, no, K-I, oh my God, C-K. You nailed it. Nailed it the first try. You'll find it. Anyway, it's called it's a Kamikaze Kick, and Kick is all capitalized, um, and Kamikaze is all lowercase. Yeah. Or uh, alternatively, you can just go to our website, kamikazecomic.com, and there's a link um, in the header uh, that will take you right to the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you can go to your Twitter it, because you did the smart thing and put it in your bio, which everybody right. should do. That is a rule. Yeah, yeah. That is an automatic rule for Kickstarter people. Yeah, yes. yep. That's, that, that is definitely... Um, I'm glad that, that that was part of the the things that we put on the checklist of things to do because um, the the no, lunch this Kickstarter was was crazy. Um, we we were actually driving <laughs> south <laughs> in North Carolina, uh, so we we were we got la- uh, got the page for this thing finished late. Um, we were actually at a convention in North Carolina, and we were like slapping together the page like after the convention and submitted like three in the morning. But Kickstarter like needs to have some like uh, approval on it to like say okay it doesn't look like you're running a scam, uh, you know go forth and fund whatever the thing is you're making. Um, but we knew that we needed like several hours for approval on that, so we left our Airbnb in North Carolina and started driving back down towards Atlanta, still without having a launched Kickstarter. On the day we told everyone that we had been we were going to launch the Kickstarter, then the email pings into our. Our, our inbox, we, we screech over to the nearest exit and we pull into, it was Burlington, North Carolina. We launched our Kickstarter in the KFC parking lot, <laughs> Burlington, North Carolina. <laughs> so it's a combination KFC Kickstarter launch point. Yeah, and then we realized we didn't have a couple pictures of uh, some of our rewards, so we were like, crap. So we un- we unloaded a bunch of our stuff like for, for the convention for kit the, from the convention kit and just in the middle of this parking lot we were doing like an impromptu photo shoot of the stuff. <laughs> you know, like it oh was, man, it was, it was it, chaos. I really wish you guys had documented that. Yo, that's hysterical. Yes, great. Yeah, we used uh, we used one of the the little you know on the go dog bowls that we have that sort of whips out uh, to, to it's, sort it's, of. It's like an in it's like a yeah like a. Uh, inventory stand inventory <laughs> stand making it look all nice and pretty used our cell phones like it was it was like normally what we do whenever we launch we we sit down together 
and we have a we have like a shot of whiskey. Right. And then we both down the shot of whiskey and then we hit launch. And and then it's done. But this time, like Alan was driving and we had no whiskey. But I really wanted some. Right. right. It would it would have been slightly irresponsible of us to, <laughs> to do that. But uh, um, I'm I'm glad that that parking lot was there. Um, I'm glad we were able to give a show to that particular batch of people at the KFC. Um, because I think we were there for like a full hour. Because we, we had to like manage the page and set out like the first blast of of promotional stuff and like like because it's Burlington, North Carolina, like it had like two bars of 4G and we're using like a mobile hotspot. So it was like, it's not a good sign when you're- And of course their KFC doesn't have Wi-Fi. Right. Because of course they don't. Why, why would it? Right. I don't know. But it's not great when like you're having an, an image upload and the progress bar for it is yo-yoing because yeah. it, it's not sure about how much it's actually uploading or not. It was bad. Like there was- um. Like, I had to go into the, the restaurant just for a minute, uh, but there was a point where I went in, and I rushed in, and I was about to rush back out, and I there are, like, people standing in front of the window going, what is that? What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I ran out really quick before they could start asking me questions. <laughs> you could have had, like, three or four new backers. No. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> it's Burlington, North Carolina. But you, you could have had Carolina friend. No, they you don't. Could've, you could have gone viral. It could have been like, yeah. Ain't, ain't none of y'all ever seen a Kickstarter launch before? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, this would be like the, cra- the crazy Kickstarter couple. <laughs> you said you were in Alabama? No, we were in North Carolina. North Carolina. I can imagine you trying to pitch that at a KFC yeah. of a black character. <laughs> That's exactly where my mind went because I was just like, I'm not talking to these rednecks about it. And I can say that because I'm from there, okay? <laughs> right, but when it goes viral on Twitter, right. everyone else is going to be sympathetic. See, I I got y'all next time. Viral marketing. Okay, right. we'll, 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 we'll get it popping. We'd All love right. it. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> on, oh, on the serious tip of Kickstarter, um, like I actually I was wondering because I know that a friend of the show, um, Kugali, uh, recently uh, had a curbed Kickstarter uh, that they were attempting for their for their uh, their their AR book, right? Um, and I know that one of the one of the, the the concerns of their original approach was like what to do to get on the like you know spot Kickstarter spotlight. Um, are you guys aware of the mechanism for that? And like, is there something that like we could do or that listeners might do to help you get spotlit? If that's, if so, that's a possibility. I think you guys were, yeah. right? So yeah, we were, spot- yeah. were we spotlit. So, so, so we, we've hit, we, we got uh, projects we love. I don't know uh, if we've been oh, spotlit. Before. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's different. Uh, okay. Oh, so okay. So there's differentiation. So there's, yeah. There's a couple, there's a couple different like, um, ways that Kickstarter can give you shine. Um, uh, one is the projects we love thing, which is, um, as far as we can tell, it's more or less based off of whether you can make a a compelling case with your page. Like, is it well laid out? Um, are you, you know, doing a a good job selling something compelling? Um, so, like that, that's sort of the presentation side of it, and that's that's a a qualitative thing, which the the Kickstarter staff. Well, they'll go through and they'll kind of review projects in flight. And if they see ones that kind of look like they, you know, sort of the gold star set, 
that's that's what the projects we love thing is for. The mm-hmm. staff pick, as far as we can tell, is a lot more of a a a numbers game. It's a lot more about like how much traction does a campaign have like does it have like lots of people like signing up and just backing at you know whatever backer level just like are there people flocking to it um you know is the campaign like seeing like solid momentum um that's that to me is where um from from my understanding that's where where, where staff pick comes from so it's sort of a a two-phase thing you've got a qualitative side you've got a quantitative side so you're saying that's like algorithmic? A lot of it is algorithmic, but there's also the whole idea that you can uh, actually contact staff, the staff there, and let them know about it, um, which is uh, stories at kickstarter.com. Uh, mm. But it's at least that's what I'm finding on here. Um, you can also, of course, tweet to Kickstarter. But from what I understand, Alan is very much correct in that a lot of it is based on the algorithms. It's based on what's actually making them the most money at that point or something that they're really, really, really passionate about at that point. That's it. Hey, Kickstarter, if you're listening, yeah. um, <laughs> we'd love we'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it is something that can be uh, be overridden. And for some folks, um, it's like really helpful to network because especially if Kickstarter is at, is at like a convention or something like that um, because half of the time the people who are at those cons are actual staff um, that are in charge of different sections and areas and things like that. So, And, um, and the staff works really hard. And I'm going to just get my slight, slight soapbox here. I'm really glad to see that there's the whole um, uh, Kickstarter union movement going on. Yeah. We're, we're definitely right. really supportive of it. And, um, and uh, we're really, really hoping that that goes well. And whatever they decide to do next, really on board with helping that out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, as, you know, as far as like getting a campaign like ours, um, uh, you know, more eligible for like staff pick. Uh, ultimately, I think a lot of that would boil down to like, you know, no matter you know whether someone feels like they can they can throw in, you know, you know two dollars or or twenty dollars, just whatever they can throw in the pot, just like, like just just that little sign sign off saying like, yeah, I'm willing to contribute to this, that goes a long way as as far as I understand it, towards like highlighting a project towards you know getting. Uh, a staff pick. I'm learning a lot today. We learned I'm, that you could be at a, at a, I forgot where you were, where you got that voice KFC. actress. Oh, the, we learned about Kickstarter and I know Leo has a question. Uh, yeah, no, I was actually wondering if anybody's done any sort of like broad range statistical analysis of, uh, qualities of the projects that become projects we love and the projects that become staff picks. Um, I would not know. I have no clue. Um, that sounds like something that you should do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, if someone hasn't done research on it, someone should do research on it. I know um, there's there's definitely enough data out there now. Right. Uh, and uh, there's there's sites like KickTrack, which do a great job tracking the the numerical trajectory of campaigns and um i know that there's have you ever seen that amazing uh google drive uh a spreadsheet of all the kickstarters that failed or never delivered 
No. no. Oh. oh man, I should share this. It's public. It's fucking amazing. It's like there's tons of projects I've backed on that too. That yeah. and they'll have descriptions. They'll be like creators ghosted, or like you know, like they they've been releasing updates once a year, but nothing's ever come out. I mean, like that happens. Like as a backer, right. like that's gonna happen, and and we and we kind of roll with it. But there actually is a really well organized crowdsourced spreadsheet of those, and it's pretty wow. fascinating to look at. Yeah. Huh. That's, yeah. that's that's wild. I, I'll I have to check that out. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll link you guys later. It's cool. I, I think I'm going to look at it after this Kickstarter. Campaign. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little too close to me. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. No. Right now. <laughs> but you, but you guys are also notorious for delivering and delivering right. well. We are. We're notorious. Yeah, yeah, notorious. That's the word to yeah. use. This, this yeah. one's gonna have a slightly uh, longer fuse than the, the, the last two, um, just right. because of the mechanics of you know working with the animation studio animation. and uh, really wanting to make sure that this anthology pulls together yeah. into, into a solid piece. Like that's true. Our team this time is is massive in comparison yeah. to what it what mm. we've had in the past. So, and we're really lucky to have such a dedicated, massive, and passionate team that. Yeah, uh, that sounded wrong. Um. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm really sorry, guys. No, um, this, is <laughs> this is black comedy chat after dark. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just sitting there going phrasing. Just, 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 just gonna pull pull out this base and just start keep plucking on it. Oh, <laughs> let, let me tell you something, and you you will feel much better about that. Right? I am. My my director at work he doesn't listen to the show. Don't worry. Okay. He he is a uh, for whatever reason the phrase he uses the phrase let's we'll just bang it out. Oh for, oh, oh yeah for yes. so many different things. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and I don't think he gets the the connotation whatsoever. It's like Tobias on Arrested Development. He just right. He does it. So needless I to say, do I do myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it it could have been much worse. You're fine. It could have been much worse. I mean, I, there's been points where I've like had stuff like that happen, and I'm like panicking in the middle of it, and then only make it worse. Yeah. Like Cabana's <laughs> witnessed that firsthand. Man, when I do that, I just reference it and yeah, and move on. You know. <laughs> I mean, I think I think we should just finish banging out this sex ed work. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just get just get it out on the table. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no bad ideas. <laughs> I'm not sure how it'll uh, measure up, but we'll sure it's we'll end strong. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, just 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 do the job. Just flip it. You know, just whatever you gotta do. Yeah, yeah. bring it through to a happy ending. You know, yeah. like really have, some, yeah. have something yeah. to work towards. <laughs> oh, uh. oh my god. <laughs> That's I can you know, feel I can feel Thelonious cringing. We may just have to put this on the Patreon version. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! Oh my god! I had to hang up on a pizza person because of something like that one. Well, we're, we're, we're not we're not going to dive onto that unless that, that this will never be released. <laughs> it's not. Oh, oh come on now. Now we're going to be wondering, and it's going to be like ten times worse than the actual. I don't mind spelling it, but. <laughs> Okay. This and Buttergate are, are, are off limits. Butter, we went and now we no, Buttergate. You, you guys can't taunt me with those two things. I need to at least you know we'll, hear about this. We'll talk okay, about Okay, I don't mind. I don't mind okay. telling you about it. Okay, so no. there was a point. We'll talk about it later. Now and I don't <laughs> okay, mind. Yeah. 
I, I, I He's don't really like cause take the any... <laughs> let's, let, 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 let's let's move on. Yeah, right. it sounds like it sounds like it might it sounds like recording. We'll tell you after. Okay. It sounds like it might be litigious. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It is uh, lewd. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, so Tony, what what does Oh actually wait, if real quick, um you know, if you guys don't mind, uh, another uh, associate of yours who's actually involved on the project, yep. uh, Robert uh, Jeffrey the Second, he's he's got a Kickstarter going on right now. Yes. Um, at the time of this recording, he's got four days left. Um, probably by the time this goes live, he'll have three days left. Right. So he's getting there. Um, he's getting close, but he definitely needs people to um, check it out. It's for his book, um, Mind to Avenge. Oh, which, God, uh, the artwork for that's beautiful. Please, yeah, please, yeah. please go support it. Like, and actually, if you go through our back episodes, Robert, um, we did speak to him when issue book one was being kickstarted successfully. Um, and it's really, it's really dope. And I'm, I'm really, I'm backing it. So I, also selfishly, you know, asking you to support it so I can get my book. Yeah, me too. But um, yeah. <laughs> you know, but but seriously though, like it's 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 quality work. Um, it's about uh, it's it's it spans you know decades. Um, but it's a it's a sci-fi book. Um, you know, starring black protagonist and it's uh just really dope. So definitely go check it out. Just Google it. Mine to avenge. Uh, it's on Kickstarter or just go to Kickstarter and put that in the search bar and you will find it. Um, but yeah, show him some love. Um, he's been—he's another super guest who's been on the show multiple times um, with a lot of really dope projects. So he—he he delivers, and um, <clears throat> definitely check it out and and support. Let's get him over the top. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And John Robinson, uh, yep. Scorpio, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He has a also also past guest. Yeah. Yes, also past guest. It, did Scorpio two come out? Is it about to come out? He uh, uh, just got it kickstarted, so he's in the yeah, midst of working for. on it right now. Yeah. Nice, nice. So it was successfully funded. And right. Yeah. Right. We're happy for him. I'm very excited for him. Yeah, he, he's been a little bit tapped out because of, of he promoting is. all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did fund Scorpio too. I just I feel like I fund a lot, so I when it gets funded I'm like great, it just it all kind of just muddles together sometimes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, have you ever have you ever done the like uh the like you know the the drunk one night stand thing with Kickstarter where like where you actually like fund something and then like you totally forget like this has happened to me nine months later no, it shows up in your doorstep. no 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 not even not even that no that's yo that's a bad one night stand that's a really massive complicated one night stand that goes on a spreadsheet no 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 no, no. it's like I fund something and then like. Months go by, and it actually was successful, but I wasn't there for the end of the campaign. And I actually mm -hmm. have to like Google my Gmail and be like, "Okay, let me look for the name of it." And I'm like, "Oh, it was funded. Okay, great, it's coming." Or like, it's not like because I'll miss like the end day. Like I'll fund it early, and then I'm not like mm -hmm. sitting with yeah, popcorn yeah. like yeah, in the front row at the at the end of the campaign. And so I've literally been through things where I'm like, "Oh my god, I hope that game actually like." Got and then I'm like, "Oh, it did. Cool." And then other right. and then other times it's negative, but. Um, yeah, it's like, uh, it's, uh, it's weird because yeah, kind of the same way. Like you, you back a lot and stuff does start to sort of bleed in together. Um, yeah. The only time I think it ever happened where I'd really, really forgotten something came was I funded, uh, the Binding of Isaac, uh, card game. And that I like, that was like a surprise package. That was yeah. like, what did I order? What the fuck is this? And I was like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I've got two I, I've, I've recently backed, and one of them is like an a, a uh, an AR kit, and the other one is like this deck of like narrative building cards. And um, wait, you got that? Yeah, I did. I got like all of them. So I 
that, that was definitely one of those like you know Kickstarter one night stand things. It was just like, yeah. a, are you? Yeah, kidding? might as well just buy everything. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get that. Oh my god, yay! Okay, sorry. Obviously, so, I'm the writer here. Yeah. For me, I'm the type of person where I forget that I have to fill out more details, so I'll get oh, that's oh, yeah. backer yeah. reports. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it just goes to my email. If if I didn't have email reminders, I forget yeah. those all the time. I don't know, so I remember yeah. one creator emailed me like, "Are you gonna fill out your thing?" I was like, yeah. "Oh, <laughs> I think it might have been Joe, right?" <laughs> it might have been. It might have been actually. <laughs> no, I yo, I had that with um. There's this video game developer named Jack King Spooner. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him. He made a game. He he kickstarted actually a few games. He made a famous game called Sluggish Morse. I say famous in quotes, but it's like a well-known but not very high-selling game. Mm. And then he made a game called Dujana. And and yeah, and that was one where like I totally missed the message and I bugged him like months and months and months after that survey went out. And luckily, he's just one of those dudes that just responds to everything. And he was like, oh, he's like, oh, yeah, I didn't even make a code for you. Here's a code right now. He just gave me the code. But like I that would have just that would have flaked on that. And I I got to it really late. Um, yeah. Check your email, kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're about to uh, – I, I guess you guys can be the first ones to know. We're going to drop a, a special tier um, uh, on the Kickstarter, which is going to be stuff that we, we know that we can fulfill um, uh, by Christmas. So it's going to be books and, and, and prints that we know we can fulfill. Oh, uh, cool. But that's definitely going to be one of those things where the, as soon as the Kickstarter ends, they have like harassing people. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like, all right, you, you want this by Christmas. You have to answer right. in like the next 48 hours. Right, right. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a tricky tier to add, actually, yeah. come mm. to think of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure people will understand if they flake on it. But, yeah, no, yeah, that, that, that would be like the weight of it would be to like kind of give you something, give you something cool soon. Right. Mm. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I think one thing we, we haven't added in that I want to add in is just like, all right, because because like the holidays are coming up, like if you you want to like back one of these tiers, but you you know you're you're doing it because you were hoping, you know, to give this as like a gift to someone, we can send like a like a gift certificate to you saying surprise, it's on its way, it's just gonna be here in June, you know, kind of thing. Oh, that's uh, cool. Um, I, I think I I need to put that out there. <laughs> That's a cool. Con- I really like that concept, actually. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like that Seinfeld episode where like George was lying to everybody about uh, giving donating to charity as a Christmas gift, <laughs> and, he just, and he was just giving cards to people, and it's like I've donated. What was the what was the Marcus? Do you remember the the nonprofit? I don't remember it. It was like the Human Club or something. It was like some, yes, no, it was the Human Fund. I think the it was Human, the human yeah, yes, the Human Fund. I think it was, the, but like you know, like a non scam version of that, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> an above boards version. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, have we heard? Have we? Have I missed us talking TV? What, I, I walked in on a community reference, so I don't know if that was. If, if no, I, we haven't really gotten into it, but I mean, this is a good time to talk TV. Can we can we jump into TV? What are people watching? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, the Expanse uh, season four dropping. Uh, personally, has anybody on the show watched the Expanse? I have to check it. I I um I think I saw some early episodes and I liked it. I didn't drop out for any specific reason. I think I just was busy. Yeah, it's it's and then it's, it's definitely bingeable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm embarrassed to say I haven't seen it, but I've been recommended to it by like literally everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really solid stuff. Um, and, uh, I, I just finished, um, 
reading the the first book that that's based off of and it's it's just different enough but it's it's different in the way where it's like all right this was clearly adapted purposefully for television like they they figured right. out like all right th- these are the parts which if if we just directly interpret the book to the screen are going to be boring as hell so they they figured out a way to make it a lot a lot more tightly wound together it's it's great it's got really solid um, character work. It's got you know really expansive, grounded world building, and yeah, I I I will nerd out about that show a lot. And if you guys get um, if you guys guys get John Robinson on the show, he will nerd out about the books on that show uh, on that series a lot. Cool. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah, I gotta check it out. <clears throat> I've been. Uh, I mean, I think I spoke about it on a recent episode, but I've been watching Mr. Robot um, oh, season four. Leo, have you seen? I haven't touched the season yet, but I I will I will binge that very soon because I know I have to. Is there a new season out? Yeah. Oh yeah. Is yeah, it, yeah. It's done. It's done. It's not done. No, 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 no. no. Okay. They're at the halfway point. There's 13 yeah. episodes, and they just had. A, usually, episode six is a big revelation episode. Yeah. And this is definitely uh, was that time. Honestly. Like yeah, like and the the acting performances. I'm not gonna give anything away. I mean, obviously Rami Malek, you know, can act his ass off. Um, but also um, Gloria Rubin, who plays Krista, um, she she was has been has been fantastic this season too. So I, anyway, I, I, I don't. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like I have I have such a like fraught relationship with that show because I think like the highs are like some of the highest highs on television. And then, and then there are parts of that show that like really, really bring me down, and not like depressed. I mean, just like, I'm like, uh, there's choices and there's stuff. Like, I've always have issues with every season, but when it's like when I it's think this firing, has it's been like, really strong though. I think you would yeah. like this season. It's it's just been um, like the, without I can really I can speak about it without spoiling. But what I would say is there's obviously a lot of balls in the air with like all of the the, the things that are going on in all of the. Uh, the parties involved in the series throughout the first three seasons. And I think they've done a really good job of, um, number one, answering some questions that we might have had, also tying some things together, but in a natural way too, not like, a, like oh, we, we, we need to you know throw everything in the, the pot real quick. And they've done, um, they've really explored some aspects of... Um, the the characters relationships with one another that you know maybe there wasn't time for previously but um it's pretty satisfying from a storytelling perspective and am i crazy is young ma in this season am i did i see a wrong image about that young ma yes yeah i believe so yeah 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 young young ma is in this like swag yeah so anyway yeah i've been watching mr robot has everybody uh, also watched? also mm-hmm. oh go ahead Leo. no 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 you might be saying what i'm about to say probably the same thing but uh you know uh obviously watchmen um has been has been fantastic um we're going to probably do a black comic shot episode on it yeah i haven't uh, watched it and y- y'all could be mad but life is happening so okay no, I, I'll, I'll definitely get to it though i'm, I'm not mad i'm th- i'm three episodes the i'm up to episode four and it's like outstanding good yeah it's really something it's really something else. Um, yeah. I am watching The Mandalorian, though. As am I, believe it or that not. I'm actually current on a show, and The Mandalorian is dope AF. Yeah. 
Same. I'm actually going to watch the third episode right after this. So <laughs> am too. I. Yep. So are, are they releasing it periodically or do they dump the entire Every episode? Thursday. Oh, okay. Every Thursday? Yeah. 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 The new, yeah. The new up is out. I'm actually going to watch it after we hang up as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before people start spoiling it. Cause they yeah. Cause they will too. They absolutely <laughs> they totally will. That's the motive for me hopping on it ASAP as <laughs> well. How yeah. how they were able to keep Baby Yoda like unwrapped this is, is oh amazing. Oh my god! Well, that got spoiled for me on Twitter. On no, but oh, yeah, like, the like, Twitter, Twitter before yeah. like this all dropped. Oh, before the before, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah 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 yeah. that's true. Ooh. I've been watching it's, a lot of. Oh, go ahead, Havana. He's so cute. I can't. I could not <laughs> stop squealing. I was like, how am I supposed to watch this show? <laughs> how are you supposed to take it seriously now? <laughs> no, like, how am I supposed to like not what like watch it quietly? Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, and uh, the show is absolutely beautiful. I can't believe this is a TV show. It's like it's probably my favorite new Star Wars thing. Mm-hmm. Above all, above the movies, above what it's probably my my top. My top. Unless they, I don't know, unless they shit the bed in some incomprehensible way coming up. Like, so far, it is my favorite new Star Wars thing. Yeah, and it was something, I had a friend of mine that said, you know what? I, I, just when I thought I was out, <clears throat> Star Wars brought me back in. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, this, like, we were done. Like, this next Star Wars movie is like, we're done. And then this happens, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> I, I, I'm like I'm not quite that like left from the pond, but I'm close. Like I I've liked uh, all the new Star Wars stuff that I've seen pretty much, but I've also like I don't think I've approached any of it or left any of it with the same energy that I had after watching two episodes of The Mandalorian, where right. I was like, okay, like even like the like the gorgeous end credits with the like painted sto- like storyboards or painted like scenes from the like I watched the credits of that show. It's so good. I just sit there and watch the paintings. It's it's a great show. Yeah, I definitely want them as kind of wallpapers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've been doing a lot of, like, watching of more cozy stuff, but Alan and I recently sat down and watched Klaus, or Klaus which, okay. holy crap. Uh, for anybody who's out there who hasn't watched it, please do. It is adorable and funny and wholesome. And if, if you've just, like, had enough of the news and you need to see some good in the world, go watch Klaus. It's, uh, it's also probably a a pretty good signpost to the future of, of 2D feature yes. animation. So believe it or not, whenever you see anything from Klaus, that is actually a 2D animated film. It looks um, 3D. It looks but... 3D because of the software that they're using to actually, uh, like. Oh, really? Do... Yeah. Yes, it is a Yeah, 2D I thought movie. it was 3D, too. It yeah. is a strictly 2D movie, but it also has uh, – it's using a software that's uh, cr- like rendering the light, lighting and stuff to give it that kind of 3D Well, look. so what, what the software does is it really makes the whole process of reliably shading a, a 2D shape uh, softly. Uh, it takes all of the work that would normally take you know hundreds of hours for a second of, of animation and basically reduces that down to something where – a an animator can like put down some basic shadows, test it, and then tweak it in like you know a workday kind of thing. So it's completely completely changes the narrative on the whole um, you know cost benefit of of doing two D uh, as far as like expressiveness and what you can do with it. And it's worth noting that that tool set 
isn't just for the shading. It allows them to get across like like animating with oil paints or something like that. Like it allows for that level of like now we can play with using more more mediums than just like uh, you know pencil drawings and flat colors or um, going in and doing like puppets. Like it allows for a, a whole deeper range of stuff, and I think that's really going to unlock a lot of um, artistic possibilities uh, at a, a better price point for a lot of productions. Yeah, it's just beautiful. I mean, just artistic and technology stuff aside, like that is a movie that the best way I can describe it is like if you took Emperor's New Groove and made it about Christmas and then made it done by Pixar. Like it's a it's a Pixar movie version of The Emperor's New Groove with Christmas. Like that's that's what I got. But um, in addition to that, we've been I've been watching um, I've been watching a lot of the Great British Baking Show because of course. And um, if you want to learn about baking, it's pretty awesome. And then uh, I have watched probably a hundred episodes of that show. I don't think I actually know anything appreciably more about baking. <laughs> I don't understand how because I learn so much from that I, show. I, I know I have a have a, a, a deep seated fear of of of, uh, of uh, Paul Hollywood, but <laughs> <laughs> he's becoming. A I did I did see the finale. It was uh yeah yeah, yeah. The, the the person I wanted to win didn't win, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, it's all it's. Kind of like but they were also damn nice. So I mean, right. honestly, I was like, I was like, either way, I'm happy. Yeah. Right, it's pretty wholesome that way. It is very wholesome. Yeah. But uh, and then there's one that I've been really enjoying called uh, Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner, and it's with Day David Chang, I think it is, uh-huh. on Netflix. And um, it's actually been really interesting. So basically, what he does is he just goes to different areas in the world, and it's kind of like a, I don't know. Um, parts unknown and it's just it's a little bit like parts unknown with a little less depression <laughs> and, um, rip anthony yeah, rip anthony but yeah uh for anybody who's into that kind of stuff it's great it's great to just sort of sit down and crochet too so it's nice yeah. therapy <laughs> Havana? oh she's watching the mandalorian i suppose she's probably watching it right now like okay yeah she said the mandalorian <laughs> <laughs> uh that's not right to buy Hamilton tickets and the site is bugging out on me. Oh, okay. oh Hamilton's coming? Damn it. Uh. It's really aggravating, actually. Uh. So I have, I'm at the checkout and what's happening is like, you know how you have to decline or accept the insurance on it? Yeah. Well, I can't even accept or decline it because it's not loading. <laughs> Like only that section is not loading. Oh my god, <laughs> that is awful. I'm sorry, Havana. Uh, I know the server's probably getting battered, like always. Like Hamilton right. problems. Yeah. Yes, for real. <laughs> Man, the tickets for that show the last time they it was okay. like the tour that came to town. They were crazy. Oh yeah, uh, it, it this whole episode of the black comics chat i've been like going back and am i really about to buy these (laughs) (laughs) well you have a you you have my uh godspeed havana (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay all right so um i think it's getting late Uh, yeah 
And Clearly. I just want to make sure that um, we end on a high note. So, again, uh, for anyone who is listening, <laughs> assuming this hasn't been edited out, um, you can find uh, this lovely piece of work. I, I mean, this is so epic to me, uh, again, being being a, a, a huge fan of y'all. Um, I have pledged, as you know that, because you already know I probably pledged the first day, uh, the mission pack. Uh, and it was kind of weird because I'm like, I have this, I have that. I don't know if I have this. I want to get this. <laughs> so it was really, it was really uh, interesting to do that. So um, if you're listening to this, please go on to the Kickstarter site and pledge. Pledge your ass off, actually. All these uh, these things are, are great. I, I can't imagine anyone who hasn't heard about Kamikaze not enjoying any of these these features. So um, you have my full support, obviously. So thank you, man. Um, thank with you. that being said, let's go around. Uh, and where can they find you on social media? We'll start with Alan. So you, you can find me on Twitter at that Tupper kid. Um, currently, I am making all sorts of shit posts about the Tesla truck. <laughs> Cyber truck. Yeah. Back on the Tesla truck. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's that's my primary outlet right now, unless you want to find me on Mastodon, at which case I am that Tupper kid at Mastodon.art. <laughs> That's the, that's like Twitter. That's Twitter without racist, right? Is that what Mastodon is? I forgot. Uh, it, it, it's Twitter, except you can you can uh, vacuum seal the racists away, so you never see them ever again. They can only scream at each other in their own server. That's it. I'm getting. I'm joining. I'm gonna have to. You you sold me. Yeah. I I, I joined it like so early, and it was like. It was like one of those things where like someone throws a big party and seven people show up. It was really weird, and I was like, I can't, I can't stay in here. Like, I still have my old account. I think. It's it's grown a lot since then. Yeah, it's grown yeah, quite a bit, there. and it depends on what uh, federation you're on as well, right? Well, yeah, what, what instance you're on. Oh, yes. the, the Federation is a sort of the, the knit together of all of them, aside from the vacuum-sealed racists. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But at, at least at least they made uh, they made Twitter simpler, it seems. Yeah. yeah. They did. By making it more complex. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on pretty much all over social media as at mermaid shells. Um, just like the bra. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm everywhere there. If you want to actually find the, the Kamikaze account, though, we are uh, com- at Kamikaze Comic on Twitter. And we are Kamikaze Animated on um, Instagram. Instagram and Facebook. Nice. Nope. Havana, where can they find you? Yes, um, you can find me on Twitter at Havana Tweets and on Instagram at Havana underscore N. Um, and I think that's it. <laughs> I just want to say, your Instagram gives me so much joy. Like, you're always smiling and happy. Yeah, yeah it does. When you meet somebody or you're doing a, a, a cosplay, <laughs> it's just like, you can't help but, but get joy from that. So oh, well, thank you. I tried. <laughs> Leo, where can they find you? They can find me at Leonardo EFF on Twitter. That's mostly the only social media that I use. I've made an Instagram account, but it's a secret. Don't tell anybody. And aside from that, you can you can find me uh, writing words at Quirktastic and Screen Rant and uh, eventually in the new Manana Latinx Sci-Fi Comic Catalog yes! coming out. Yeah. Yes. When is that coming out? Um, I don't, I don't know yet. I haven't seen, uh, like final pages or anything yet, but I, uh, I want to say that Joe's, I think Joe's original projection was January if I'm not crazy. Um, but it might get, it might get moved slightly out, but 
Probably early next year for sure. Oh, I can't wait for that. Oh, it's been fun. Marcus. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MarcusKwame.com and on Instagram at Marcus underscore Kwame. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's it. Uh, MarcusKwame.com. I, I think it's a dot com for Twitter. You know what I mean, at Marcus Kwame. Um, <laughs> yeah, spell out dot com, D-O-T-C-O-M. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right, right. On the, on the World Wide Web. World you Wide make Web, sure you put H-T-T-P-S and then another <laughs> S. Just to make yeah, it extra secure. Yeah. Security, yes. Yeah. So as I do at the end of every episode, I got to ask you, Marcus, is there any news? Or are you still – can you share anything of what you're doing? <laughs> um, I cannot share much, but what I can share is uh, I'm sweating a lot and drawing a lot. And um, <laughs> I do know that the, the publisher or the marketing the people are looking to, to announce something in February, I believe. Okay. So That's more than we got um, before. That is so much once, more than we've gotten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, you know, is is more of a fire for me to to, to keep drawing. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. I also wanted to say uh, when Leo says he has a secret social media accounts, he's not kidding, man. Because like we've been BFFs for a long time. <laughs> I'm sure I will never see his Instagram account. <laughs> I feel like oh. he's stalking. He's stalking, aren't you? Not, don't uh, answer. That's a little bit, a little bit of that, little. It, it, you know what? You know what? I'm like, I'm like, a, I'm like, you know, I'm like a, like a, like a poor boy on a, at his first time. Like every time I enter social media, I'm like, I don't know, is it gonna hurt? And <laughs> are my friends gonna make fun of me? Like, Aww. you know, like I'm very, I'm very, uh, very nervous about it. I, so I, I imagine you, my dear, as like you have all these plants and succulents, and you're talking about like how to pot them correctly. And, <laughs> And like this is my this is my rhododendron. I brought it in because it got cold. So we're trying to make sure that the leaves don't turn brown. <laughs> That's right. His his name is Terrence. <laughs> his name is Terrence. <laughs> this is my avocado pit, and it's sprouting. Yay! Oh man, I need to get all get deep in plant Instagram. That's a good point. Plant Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, Plastagram. I am seeing Leo in a whole different light with 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 succulent. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably smoking a cigarette while he's doing it. Too. Right, right. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, okay. Carbon dioxide. <laughs> <laughs> this this is right, right, right. basic herbiculture. <laughs> herbiculture, horticulture. Okay. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter, Latin Negro. Uh, what with one N. You can find me on Facebook. Um, uh, my website is anthonyotero.com, where you can find my books. Uh, that links to um, Amazon. That's what it's called. Uh, and uh, also, you can check out uh, my short in uh, Puerto Rico Strong, which is still... The Eisner Award winning. Yes, I'm sorry. The Eisner Award winning. Yeah, seriously. That's amazing. Oh, I know. I'm still... I, I still can't even admit it to myself. So... Um, so please check that out. The money still goes to Puerto Rico. They still need the money down there. So, um, and it's all for a good cause. All right. Thank you. This has been a great show. I had a lot of laughs. Um, I, I, I don't know how much he's going to edit it down, but hopefully not much. I'm not much. Not much. This is all good stuff. <laughs> Only for a time, but I'm not, not going to touch it. Okay. One final thing. Sorry. We do have a Patreon. Please check us out on Patreon. Yes. Uh, yep. We are doing our best to put as much content on there. There's um, some seriously good content um, from New York Comic Con, uh, and we're just going to continue to add to it. So it is uh, patreon.com backslash black comics chat.
All right. All right. All right. Cool. You. Thanks. Thanks for having us on, guys. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. You guys have a good night. Black comics chat.